Welcome to Ready for Mistakes, a contemporary photography podcast where I speak to lens-based artists about their creative process, ideas, artistic philosophy, and of course, their work. I'm your host, Jeff Smooty. I'm a fine art photographer and graduated from Illinois State University's photography program in 2019. Welcome to the seventh episode of Ready for Mistakes. In this episode, I have my first out-of-state guest, my friend Danny DeRusso, who's from upstate New York, and he's predominantly a music photographer. He's done work with artists like Young Culture, Boston Manor, Hot Mulligan, Jetty Bones. The list is pretty strong. In fact, he's worked with a lot of my favorite punk and emo and alternative bands that are in the scene these days, which is pretty cool. I met Danny uh, randomly at a show in Bloomington one day when he was on tour with Young Culture, and I recognized him from following him on social media. I'd been following his work for a little while, and it was really cool seeing him in person and meeting him and trading uh, social media. And from there, uh, we've been friends on online ever since because he lives many miles away from me. But it was a really great time talking with Danny, and uh, we talk about not only his music photography career, but plenty of other things uh, related to his personal work and different ideas that he's had brewing in the back of his mind for a while. It's a great conversation, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. So without much else, let's get on into the conversation with Danny DeRusso. So tell me about your favorite memory of a van breakdown. Oh, God. There's been so many. Um, What's the first one that comes to mind? The first one that comes to mind is was two years ago, probably like right now. We were on tour, the Young Culture tour with Belmont, and we popped the tire on the trailer, and then we put the spare on, and that spare popped, and we didn't have any other fucking. So I think we did we drop the trailer on the side of the highway. And I think we went and bought, like, drove, like, 30 minutes. I, I think it was me and maybe Alex on the side of the highway with the trailer. And, like, everyone else went and, like, got a tire and put it on. And the tire was the wrong size. So we had to oh. drive. So we reattached, though, and drove with it and went and bought another tire. And this was all, like, we had to be at a show that night. And so we got another tire, switched it out the other side so they were the same. And then we drove like two more hours to the show and we showed up like five minutes before Young Culture was supposed to play. And we got, we were like, everyone get the fuck out here. Like everyone in Belmont, like come out. We got to get everything in and we got everything on stage, like ready to go. And they started the set on time. We ended on time, but it was Hell like, yeah. so stressful. Like literally roll up, like in the middle of the street, just yank everything out. I like set up merch real quick. And it was, it was like a good win to be like, well, we made it on time for the set as stressful as it is. And that same thing actually happened on the Boston Manor tour last year with they to remember like the same exact thing, like showing up as we were supposed to be on stage, like starting the set and the same thing happened. Like we got on, got there on time to play the set. And that one was a little more stressful because it was like, a big venue and I was like dragging merch bins through the crowd again, like get the fuck out of the way. And so trying to set up merch and immediately after they were set, people are coming over. And I was like, leave me alone for a second. <laughs> I have to set up everything still. I mean, those two are like the ones that really stick out the most, but there's definitely been a couple, bun, couple other ones. And something that happens, I feel like more frequently than maybe people think. Yeah. 
but those two really stick out because just like the stressful we have to be at the show and we're not going to make it in time for loading we're not going to have a sound check we're going to show up as the set starting and it's a lot but yeah i mean i remember it well and that's like stuff i won't ever forget exactly yeah it's cool but it's cool to look back now but at the time i hated it (laughs) well i'd like everyone to welcome twitter's favorite merch girl danny deruso (laughs) (laughs) it's me So Danny is a New York-based photographer, and he's actually the first out-of-state guest on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, everyone else has been in in, uh, basically Chicago. So it's pretty cool. Um, Thanks for having me. But yeah, I wanted to start things off on a kind of fun note. So yeah, Um, so really, before I get into like the the nitty-gritty of like all of your your personal photography, Mm -hmm. your music photography, and all that jazz, you kind of got to start from the beginning. Um, So how did you? really start getting into photography to begin with i i really like this question because it is like a it's cool to look back at and kind of reflect um i guess high school is when i picked up an interest i took uh a photo class there which was just black and white film and that's when i kind of fell in love with darkroom and film and from there so after that i took my senior year i took another photo class which was digital and then once college started I was like any photo class I could take I was doing it whatever it was that's when I first got like my first full frame my junior year of college uh I transferred to SUNY Oneonta which is the State University of New York at Oneonta um that's when I think things really started picking up because there's a really good music program there we'd have shows all the time like turnovers played there Tigers Draw Foxing oh yeah Seaways played there. We've had like all these cool bands like in our scene. Um, and that's when I started kind of shooting shows more and started doing more darkroom stuff. And I took, I think there's probably like four or five photo classes at Oneon, or at least when I was there. And that's when I I just took everything. And then my senior year, I took, well, took or I, you can make your own class. It was like an individual study. Like an independent class. study, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did portraits in the studio and studio lighting and stuff like that and that was cool because it was something I've never really got to do but definitely college was when I really started taking things more seriously I was like I want to do like do this for real I want to tour and work with these bands and immediately after college I graduated May 2017 and a week after I went on my first like tour with Young Culture which was a week long and just in the northeast like New York Connecticut, I think Jersey, Pennsylvania. New England, and I was like, Appalachia. Well, yeah. Appalachia. <laughs> Appalachia? How do you, Appal- how do you say it? The, Appalachia? Like, Appalachians? Like, like Pennsylvania, um, like Western New York, New Jersey, Maryland, all that area. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I, I knew it was like. I don't know how to pronounce a, that region. It's like the Northern part of yeah. the Appalachian mountains, whatever that area is. That area. Yeah. But it was like all Northeast and immediately after that, it was like, that kind of solidified. I was like, I want to, I want to tour for real. And that later that year was when I met up with Hot Mulligan for the first time on their tour. They had tweeted, we're looking for a photographer. And I was just like, I hit up Brandon. Um, yeah. I was like, Hey man, like if you need someone, let me know I'm free. And that was my first like longer full US. And it was that tour. I feel like really started the ball rolling because then after that they asked me to go out on that knuckle puck tour the following year 
there's that spring tour and that's when I met Boston Manor, I met Knuckle Puck, I met Jetty Bones. And that I oh, toured. Oh, that was that same tour. Yeah, yeah, I photographed that tour, uh, just mm-hmm. a show on that tour too. Yeah. So I feel like that first time Mulligan tour into that Knuckle Puck tour was like, that's when I met a lot of people. Because like every band on that Knuckle Puck tour I've now toured with and worked with. And I feel like that's like when it kind of started, I mean, taking, taking off more. Um, and then since then, I've just kind of been consistently touring for the most part. Yeah. I still keep in touch with all those people and all those bands and made a lot of great connections and friendships. Yeah. Did you go to school for photography specifically or did you do a different kind of field? So my major was computer art. So a lot of graphic design stuff. And I still do that stuff, but not nearly as much as photography. Um, I didn't have a concentration in photography specifically, which you could do, but I, I mean, not officially, I guess I did because I yeah. took every course I could and that's like all I was doing. It's college. essentially a minor, like a, a made yeah. up minor that yeah. isn't on paper. I minored in communications, but like photography was like my main focus and everything. I mean, I still took all these graphic design classes and stuff, which I really enjoy. And I'm trying to get back more into that aspect. Yeah. Um, cause I do enjoy doing that stuff. I feel like I just kind of put it to the side these last couple of years and focused on all this photo stuff, but it is something I want to kind of combine them into, you know, doing more stuff with both of them, which yeah. I feel like I'm doing a lot right now. This new young culture record that everyone it's fake, <laughs> not a real record, but there, there is no record. I don't know what no you're record. talking about, <laughs> but I'm doing like everything behind that. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun to kind yeah. of do more graphic design and stuff like that yeah i've been so used to doing um i do photography and graphic design for uh my buddy grant millerin um and uh due to having a full-time job it's been mm-hmm. slower to get that stuff yeah. done but um like it's it's a lot of fun because you know you get to working with an artist for one thing like working mm-hmm. with a musician is such a cool collaborative uh kind of oh yeah thing to do i love like working with bands and stuff has been the coolest thing especially on culture because we all they kind of let me take a lot of creative direction like they'll have ideas and i'll do something send it over and be like what well, how about this and we it's like a lot of collaborative we work together on everything and it's really cool to have like four people you know we're all working together with ideas and stuff and it's it's so much fun yeah like i love that kind of stuff a lot of times, like with uh, with the few musicians that I've done uh, extensive work with, uh, you know, pit- it's a lot easier to pitch an idea to someone that you're close friends with than someone that you've, like, let's say someone, some band from West New York messages you saying, mm-hmm. and they like have maybe a small EP out. You've never heard them before. You don't know mm-hmm. anything about them. It's like, we want you to do promos and design and all the fun publicity stuff mm-hmm. artwork for our full-length album we're signed to triple crown or something yeah and it's, it's like it's like it's an honor to like be hit up by bands that you don't like you've never heard of and it's like oh you know me like you, you want to work with me it's really cool it's like humbling it feels good <laughs> yeah it's uh i kind of start off with mostly just you know it's it's kind of like with any photography, it's like you start with your, like working with your friends, like mm-hmm. taking photos of your friends and all that. And it kind of yep. does the same thing with music. <laughs> so I had a weird 
my start into music photography was a little bit weirder because it was just kind of a off the cuff decision. Um, yeah, like a really? lot of my friends uh, started by like going to house shows, bringing their camera or whatever, and doing that and taking pictures on the side. I at, when I started music photography, I had photographed one show. It was it looked cool, but like compared to <laughs> what I've done now, it's like now. <laughs> nothing. And like I didn't call my, myself a music photographer or anything. But there was an opening for an internship at Castle Theater in Bloomington. Uh, and ah. I had just got my Canon 80D with a couple professional lenses. And I was like, I've got the gear, I've got the knowledge and skill to be able to do this kind of thing, but I've never really done concert photography. But I said, fuck it. I'm going to apply for this internship. I got it. I had zero guidance, but <laughs> I had zero reference. I mentioned this in the last episode, actually. It was like I had, there, there was no previous photographer that I could talk to. There was, damn. I didn't know like fully what the venue wanted, but I figured it mm -hmm. out over time. Um, but that kind of helped me kind of figure it out myself. But I just like jumped right into the deep end. I mean, sometimes it's like the best way to do it is just yeah. go all in. And I mean, it worked like yeah. it worked for you. Well, yeah. it's kind of cool. Like figure it out along the way and just do it and see where it takes you. Like uh, so much of stuff I've learned, it was just me doing it and figuring it out as I went. Yeah. And I feel like that's led me a lot of cool stuff and more stuff I know now. And we all dream to be at the same level as Katie Darks, um, including uh, dating oh. a member of Silent Planet. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the real goal here. <laughs> we all want to date Silent Planet. <laughs> their merch is so cool. Honestly, I want their every, Christmas sweater so bad. Every time they post something, I'm like, damn, that's sick merch. Also, I love, I mentioned this to my, my buddy Jordan, who got me into a lot of the metalcore bands that I listen mm -hmm. to now, that counterparts in Silent Planet have almost the exact same logo. But Silent Planet has like an organic line going through the middle, and then Counterparts is just like a straight up like circle with the line. But it's like you know that it's yeah. Counterparts. You can it's you can like, tell the difference, and also those like they tour together all the time as well. So it's like sick. It's you got a good logo. It'll take you. It'll take you far. It's true. <laughs> People remember. Yeah. Have you have you done uh, like logo design for musicians at all? Um, no, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> The Belmont, the most recent Belmont merch was text I did on all the singles and the EP. Like they've, they use it on like the windbreaker and t-shirts and stuff, but I've never like done a logo per se. Yeah. It's like stuff gets used for other things, but it's not like nobody's hit me up and be like, can you make us a logo? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think I could, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet. Yeah. That reminds me because I've noticed these um, these Belmont Belmont um, cover arts for like the singles I think the singles yeah, for the I new release three, three singles and then the EP artwork that's what it was yeah um, I'll be honest I haven't actually listened listened to them yet because I've been horrible dude at you should up with you should music. check out that EP <laughs> that EP is really cool it's like yeah. there's a lot of different vibes going on in it but it all works together really well because I forget they're based in Chicago right yeah. Did you take those photos uh, in Chicago or are those uh, New York? No, band? those are, let me look at them real quick. Cause I, I can never remember. I like, I know what for the most part, what they look like. Um, the EP artwork itself is actually my car in my driveway. Hell yeah. I just went out and took, I, one night I was like, I just want to like shoot something. And I just went out and took some photos around my house at night. 
Um, so that's like shot through the driver's side window down into the uh, side mirror on the passenger side. And then the stay up single was a film photo. That one actually might have been in Chicago, just coincidentally. It, it looks, I mean, any big city will kind of have this yeah. kind of style, but it's got like the bay windows and the is. big apartments in the back. It looks like a Chicago photo. It's just a, like a, it might have been a point and shoot, just film photo at somebody's apartment we were staying at a tour. Yeah. Um, the Deadway is an antique store about an hour away from me, near where oh, I was. Oh, there's a little price tag on it. Um, oh, yeah. And then the, by my side is I'm a, stay up is in Chicago. By my side is a tunnel somewhere in the Northeast. I took on like a little couple day tour, but there was just like, I was in a car and I just took it. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell you where of, it is, but, but it's cool. Cause they're all from different areas and they all work together yeah. really well. It's like a cohesive artwork kind of thing. Yeah. They all look really consistent with each other. And of course the typography helps with that tremendous. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they all got the pallets going down the side, yeah. which I had to... Which I actually didn't notice that at first. I noticed there was like an extra line on the side. It was just like a nice little like Danny DeRusso. Yeah, because I saw you got your color palette project, <laughs> which I'll get to later. Ooh. One thing that I noticed, um, which since I was you know browsing through your website to get to know your work even better, I did not realize not only... Like there's two different releases I did not know that your photo was the cover art for. And that Which would be the Hot Mulligan pilot and pilot? Then Small Talks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Both of those albums are amazing. Mm -hmm. and I had no idea that I was listening to a Danny DeRusso photograph. Really? A lot of people <laughs> have been like that. Like, I've posted, like, the Hot Mulligan artwork sometimes. Just be like, if you need artwork, let me know. And so many people are like, oh, I didn't know you took that. And yeah. I had, I had the flag hanging in my room for a while, and it was cool to, like, be able to see just that like, every day. And, yeah. <laughs> those are both really fun to shoot, like. And it, I think they came out really well. I think I, I did all the small talk singles for that uh, record too. Hell yeah! I think I just see the um, the cover art itself on here. Yeah, I think yeah. I do so, like that artwork a lot. The plan, that one the was really cool. Oh, that photo was actually taken in the Belmont old apartment. Hell yeah! In, in Chicago. <laughs> nice. It's funny how these all kind of come together. <laughs> yeah. it's like every band is connected somehow. Yeah. How did the hot mulligan photo come? Because I mean, when you first look at this hot mulligan photo, and one thing that when for my whenever I do cover art for albums, I always want to make sure that the cover art matches, you know, the the vibes and the mm -hmm. style and like everything that you can think of when it comes to music. There's a genre and style to it. Same thing yeah. with photographs. Um, and the hot mulligan one, I think, really captures them as a band and, and the Thank sound you. as well. But Especially you know, for that it, record. it looks like just the dude, just it's the, it's the dudes hanging out. And that's exactly what it is. Uh, uh, so how did this kind of come about? Like this photo was just kind of off the cuff or? We were, it was Thanksgiving 2017. It was that first tour I did with them. And they had been talking about the record and listening to mixes on the road and stuff. And they were like, we need artwork. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. And we were staying at a buddy's house and it, it was Thanksgiving. So everything was closed. We were just kind of hanging out there drinking and, you know, shooting the shit. Yeah, as you were. And Chris had said they kind of wanted to make it like, like a couch, like sitcom-y kind of like vibe. Like, like almost um, like a, like a friends kind of thing. Or yeah. Like, like sitting on the couch, just kind of, you know, showing the band as people. 
and I there's like so many other photos from that day like and then I was like I'm gonna go like outside and shoot like through the door of you guys and I feel like the focus on the door is really cool and yeah that, yeah that red door is really nice and it has like that little chip in it and it's just like a nice little detail and you can still make out the guys in the background, you know, just kind of. I know, I, I can tell exactly who each one of them is, mm -hmm. even though Which they're I, out of even focus. Even though it's super out of focus. Um, but I feel it was just like a good day, and we had the time to do it, and I feel like the setting worked really well. And it, I don't know, it was, it just came together really well. And there's like a bunch of different edits of it, like different color y kind of stuff and whatnot. But I feel like that one worked out really well. And, it's been cool to see like in so many places and like after it came out i was like the one because i was doing merch for them on that knucklebox tour and i was like selling the record and stuff and i'd be like that's my photo like as i was selling it's it. kind of a cool thing it's like you're it's simultaneously cool. selling a essentially a print at the same yeah. time yeah and i have like the vinyl and in my room and stuff and but i i always think about i think about that day a lot because it was really cool and there's, I think there's a couple of videos somewhere around of that day. And we had like, we found some like pumpkins and we were like throwing them up in the air at each nice. other and stuff. And if anything, was, like some promotional photos to throw in in there. Yeah. For promoting it. Yeah. It was the, overall like, I love that day and like the story behind that. Cause it was, that was my first Thanksgiving, like not the home, like away from home. I'd never been yeah. away from home for like a major holiday. Yeah. And so to have that first one be like such a good day and have, you know, that piece of art come out of it that I can see all the time. It's really cool. It's so really cool. It's safe to say that you're uh, pretty uh, thankful for uh, that experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, thanks I, I've been saving that bit for the past, like, two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you waited uh, till the project. I love that. <laughs> but uh, at least the, the Small Talks one, because the Small Talks album came out, was that this year or last 20, year? I forget. 2019, I think. Right. We're both going to Spotify right now, aren't we? Oh, I'm, I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, 2019, 2019. Yeah. yeah. We got it at the same time. Nice. Yeah. All of the songs are saved. Because, uh, yeah, so are those um, those couple singles, um, like Teeth and Nicotine, are, were mm -hmm. those two photos uh, Danny DeRusso photos as well? Yeah, all, all three singles and oh, Oceans the record too, Yeah. yeah. So all those were mine. I kind of, I think I had all those, like, already, and they just worked out really well. Yeah. At least oceans and teeth. I think nicotine tangerines. I might have taken after on tour sometime. But they, Kay, Kaylee said she wanted like plants, and that was like the vibe. And that those plants in that Belmont apartment worked perfectly with the nice window behind it, and it's like one of those windows that you can't see through, but the sun came through really well still and yeah and those kind of um i don't know what the term for those kind of little cube window things like yeah, the marbly look to them i forget what they're called um i'll tell you <laughs> but it's, it's funny like i've seen um um i've seen this like i guess you could say styling of like cover art for like a multitude of different genres and styles which is mm -hmm. really cool because i like when i see a cover art that not only does it suit that particular album and the artist really well, but even makes me think of other albums that sound nothing like it. So for mm -hmm. example, this kind of makes me think of Tiny Dots by La Dispute, which sounds nothing like Small Talks. I don't, like the, let me go look at the artwork. 
because I don't know. It's it. noticeably different, but it's got like mm-hmm. it's got it's got a plant and it's got a very bright background. What's what's the name of the record? Uh, Tiny Dots. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got a nice little plant. I've never listened to them. I don't think. Yeah, it's got um, a very you know bright white color and a nice little plant. It's even got palettes on it. Yeah. Jeepers. It's a nice vibe. I like that. PBR is hitting me pretty hard right now. This this podcast is not sponsored by PBR, but if you want to sponsor it, (laughs) although I'll be with it. I I drink PBR because I have to, not because I want to. It has symbolic (laughs) because I can afford it. (laughs) (laughs) I love a good good cold PBR. A good PBR and pizza with the boys. Such a mood. That's what I miss about tour. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, kind of on the still staying on the topic of music photography kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that you kind of had some photos, like those the small talk singles were uh, a couple of photos you had kind of previously had. Is there any mm-hmm. other, whether it be um, like a photo you use for cover art or a photo you use for a promo design or something? that you just kind of like pulled from the archives that had never had a home and now suddenly it has a home in an artist's catalog? Yes. So Small Talks, all the Belmont. Um, I just did two artworks for this band, Lame Dude. They're from Albany. We just finalized. I just sent them everything yesterday or the day before. But those were two. The EP and the single were both things I had already and they were like, we really like that. If a band hits me up a lot, I'll like make like a Google Drive folder and be like, this is what I have right now. Like if any of these work already, or we can like tweak some, um, or I can go out and you know, shoot whatever. But yeah. those those are like three bands I really I think that I had like a backlog. Um, this band actually this band, Canadian band Way the Anchor hit me up. I it, they just came out with an EP artwork that I already had. Um, so sometimes people will just be like, we really like these. Can we use these? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, and sometimes it's like we have full shoots and you know, whatever to do it. But like, it is kind of nice when, it, when you can have these old photos like be given a new life, a new purpose. Because sometimes they'll just sit there forever and nothing will come of them. They're just there. Yeah. So it is cool to be like, well, now they're being used for something really cool that a lot of people are going to see. Now, one thing, like, uh, when we first started off the episode, we were talking about your uh, I, uh, iconic uh, story of the breakdowns on the road. Um, so with, uh, with tour photography, this is one thing that I know a lot of my fellow music photographer friends have, that are relatively younger when it comes to mm-hmm. experience um, are really attracted to tour photography. I've personally never done tour photography, but you've done it a hell of a lot. Uh, so, uh, like comparatively, you've, and you've also toured with uh, like Boston Manor and of course Young Culture because you basically live with them at this point. Um, Gabe's <laughs> coming over later. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Give me some stuff. Right. Uh, breaking quarantine. Um, gotta drop oh, off some top secret things. <laughs> But uh, so like looking at, I've been kind of scrolling through your tour documentary gallery and uh, mm-hmm. I love these photos of young culture in the desert. Where exactly, when and where was that going down? That was on our most, the Have Mercy tour we just finished up like two, two months ago now. Have Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's up in California somewhere and we were on this long drive. I was driving and it's just this like the whole, I can't remember like where we were going from where to where, but I think it's Northern California. And it's this crazy drive that's like all back roads. And we were driving past. And I was like, wow, look at all these sand dunes. I was like, this is crazy. Like it'd be super cool to like go there. And then we found like a parking lot that like is made to pull off and go. And it was really cool because I had no idea. None of us had any idea that that was there. And it, sometimes when you tour a lot, it's like you'll see the same thing over and over. Yeah. And that Especially was something in the none of us Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was something none of us had even known was there or had been to before so yeah i feel like it was cool probably somewhere near uh death valley national park because you would have known if it were in death valley national park yeah you would have had to pay to go through it because yeah, it was just a free park. Well, it was cool because that day red bull was at that place and they had like dune buggies that were just like driving around nice. and, stuff. and i have a feeling i don't know if this is true that the main record uh you are okay might have i don't know if the album artwork shot there but it make so much sense if it was um because i think lupe who does all their stuff lives in california yeah i feel like it would have made sense but that was just that was a really cool time it was cool it was refreshing to find a place that nobody had been before and so people were loving it like it was so hot but yeah as you would expect at a desert yeah <laughs> uh that's an area that i've always wanted to go down to uh like I have uh, on my Google Maps, I have pinned markers of all the places that I want to go. It's all like oh, really? state national parks and such, nature That's areas. A good idea. Uh, and I was planning at least to go to a handful of the Midwestern ones, and then we got mm. smacked with something very obvious to the world. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too much because we're trying to keep things positive. Nice. Um, but I, I have just this endless amount of state and national parks uh, marked off in the West, pretty much everything West of the Great Plains. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these little state parks are like, like only the locals go there kind of thing. And they're just as beautiful if even like neighboring a national park. Yeah. Uh, it's like they're close enough that you still get that same kind of energy and vibe, but you don't You can usually photograph those neighboring national parks from the state parks. That's nice. I like that. On, yeah. on these uh, on these tours, um, you know, obviously you're spending a hell of a lot of time with with the guys and gals mm -hmm. that you're with. Um, and one thing that I, I've kind of just gathered from observing anyone that's on tour, whether they're a musician or a photographer, is like you're growing not only closer with a lot of a lot of people, but on some occasion, it's the opposite. <laughs> and those are sad days. Uh, but like. Clearly, you and the you and the young culture boys. Uh, did you know the young culture guys before you started working with them photographically, or like did you just kind of like hit hit off one one show and it's kind of all is history from there? The young culture story is like one of my favorites. Um, so I met Alex and Gabe in 2013 at the State Champs Finer Things release show. Uh, Alex and Gabe were in their old band called Bring Home Ohio. Um, and my friend Lauren was friends with Celeste, who's Alex's girlfriend. And so I just kind of met them that night. You know, it wasn't anything major. It was just like, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't talk to those guys for like three years. Like no contact. Like it was like, you know, as, as you do, like you meet someone at a show and then you never see them again. You might um, follow them on Twitter and then yeah. have a podcast yeah. with them a year later. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but then once young culture like announced so they were before young culture there was routine which was like alex and gabe and then when young culture started my friend nick was playing with them um and so the first young culture show was at this like firehouse about 25 minutes from me down in troy new york um and i went and it was like we immediately hit it off and that was their first show as young culture there was like maybe like 10 people there and i just shot the show for fun sent them the photos and they were like dude these are sick like hell yeah thank you so much and we just like kept in contact and like follow each other on twitter one yeah <laughs> and then when they kept playing some more local shows i was always going and just giving them photos and stuff and then when they recorded their second ep blue they went down to indiana to record with uh, at Always Be Genius, who does like a bunch of knuckle puck and he's on Real Friends and stuff. All the Midwestern um, boys. Yeah. So they asked me to go with them. And so we took this like week long trip to the studio. And ever since then, it's been, I've done everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every young culture photo, basically. I mean, there's been some week long, maybe weekend stuff that I missed. Um, but anything I can make it to, I'll, you know, I'll do. And, they're like my best friends ever. Like we're like brothers at this point. And it, it's kind of sucked lately not being able to see them. And yeah. cause we do spend so much time together, but we never get sick of each other on the road either. Like every yeah. day is amazing with them and we love what we do. And it's been really cool to grow together. Cause like when they started young culture, I was like really starting to kind of want to do more of this kind of music photography stuff. So it's been like day one, we've both been on the come up together, which is, really cool it's been cool to do everything together like be there when they signed to equal vision records like i was in the room and taking photos of that so it's been it's been a lot of fun it's been a really cool journey to go back and look at and now we have this whole new all this new stuff coming up that i'm really excited about and this is gonna be like the biggest thing we've all done together and biggest thing they've done so yeah but it's gone back it's like a it it seven years ago i met them for the first time and so it's gone back quite a few years now. Yeah. It's a, it's a true love story. It is. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> so um, I, like a lot of these like documentary style photos of, of the, of the cronies doing their thing. Um, uh, one thing that uh, like, since I've never been on a tour, I've always wanted to um, one, because I, I love road tripping and two, because mm -hmm. I love concert photography. Uh, have you like, Take it, I guess you could say, taking advantage of that road tripping to be able to take photos for yourself along the ride, whether it be digital or film, doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm not driving, I'm normally like in the front seat, like shooting what we're driving through. Because, you know, you take all these trips and there's some crazy views and crazy, you know, stuff you see that I'm not going to see every day. I'm going to, it's like in that moment, I can do this. So I'm going to do it right now. And even when we like get to venues and stuff, once I'm like, if I set up, I have to set up merch or whatever, I'll like go on a walk and just walk around where we are and shoot some stuff. Cause it's like, I have this opportunity. I want to use it. And I don't know when I'll be at this place again, you know, some, some crazy virus could come up and I could never tour again for like a year. <laughs> right. So I always want to take advantage of that kind of stuff, you know? And I feel like it's important to do that. Cause even, cause we've driven through the same places before and I've shot it like two years ago and I've shot it like now and they look totally different. And yeah. you can see that, that growth from like, this is what I was doing two years ago to this is how I see it now. And this is how I edit it now. And so I feel like it's important to help grow as an artist and kind of yeah. keep fresh. And it's one thing that I've always uh, like of my uh, 
all of my friends, fellow photographer friends that are, that have been shooting around the same time as you mm. and I, it's like, I have photos from three or four years ago that were thankfully shot in raw that, uh, I, I'm able to go back, reset the Lightroom yep. or, or Photoshop edit, edit it back to the way that I like now, which is basically barely touching the photo at all. And suddenly I love that photo Yeah, because of the way I used to edit it I'm was like, like the, fuck is this? the way I used to edit made made the photos look more amateur made them look like a, a intro to photography student, mm -hmm. and where the professor later roasts the kid for like it's too saturated <laughs> and stuff like that what are you doing? yeah i mean even like two days ago i posted some photos from like a year ago i went back and re-edited just because i could like i have those raw files and i was like let's see what i can do now and because i feel like my editing styles even over the course of a year like it changes i mean it changes all the time yeah um but i love that i love looking back and like re-editing and re-looking at stuff and you see it in a different light now than you yeah. did back then how 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 deep do you think the danny deruso archive goes i would say it goes a lot deeper like i mean my if you go through my instagram it goes way like you will see like the first photos i ever started taking and they are so bad <laughs> Like saturation and vibrance, like bumped to the top, clarity bumped way up. Hell and that was like when I had like a little Nikon, like point and shoot. That was yeah. like my first camera. Um, but I've lost like a lot of old, I've had hard drives crash and stuff that yeah. I've lost stuff from like probably like 2016 era, like 2017. Um, but like it's good to have Instagram that I can still like look back and see those even if i don't have like the original raw files i still have them in some way yeah um but <laughs> yeah if you ever scroll through my instagram like get near the bottom there's a lot of crazy shit <laughs> i'm like i i've archived on instagram so many photos like i i almost on a twice monthly basis i'll go through and archive photos that i've either re-edited mm -hmm. or I'm saving that for a project or something like that. And I don't want that, excuse me, I don't want that photo out quite yet kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. It's crazy to look back at like old stuff like that and be like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> like, I, what was I doing? That's something that I, I, I think I'm noticing slightly more in recent days is, especially like with photography Twitter, um, mm -hmm. which I just sit back and watch. I don't really participate. Um, it's more fun that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fly on the wall. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that people are more frequently starting to kind of sit on their photos and kind of let mm -hmm. them sit. I like to say I like to let them simmer, um, even if it's just for like a month or two. But like I have photos from 2018 that I have never posted because really? like I have them printed off. They're done. Like the, the project is done. It's sitting in a box over there right now. But Ooh. I just haven't posted them because... <laughs> yeah. I don't really feel a need to, but yeah. if I ever decide to, it's like, yeah, here's like, this yeah, big option. project. I feel like once I do, because I do want to do, once I get a new medium format, I want to yeah, yeah. like actually do like a whole like series focused on one thing. And like, that's something I probably won't really post about until I feel like it's at the point where I'm like, it's done. I can start yeah. putting these images out. But a lot of the stuff I'm like, I'll throw it out there. Like, here's some photos I took today, like that I enjoyed. It's not yeah. like any, a lot of times not anything serious, but like once more serious stuff is there, like I'm not going to be posting about it all the time. Yeah. I feel like there's two different kind of vibes with that. 
Yeah, I, I found from doing projects for school and then having tried to start doing projects outside of school is that, uh, like, I haven't, I've posted and, like, I vlogged the whole Michigan trip that I did. And, oh, really? Uh, that, was, that was a great time. And if you watch those videos, the photo edits there look nothing like what they do now because I've rescanned yeah. the film and all that jazz, which is a luxury of, uh, of film is that you can, if you don't like the way it looks, you can literally redo the photo, just not what's mm-hmm. in the photo. Yeah. Um, but I've been putting that together for a zine and uh, it's probably not going to be done until late summer at the earliest. Uh, but I want to like make this into this proper project kind of thing, self-published kind of deal. But I've only That's been very, yeah, yeah. I've been very casually posting about it and like selling prints and such. And like, I, I haven't seen that. I've been, I've been noticing some other people are starting to do that same kind of thing now. And like my buddy, Joey Miller is, he, he's always sold prints of his work. He kind of treats his stuff as like individual pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'd be fascinated to see uh, what kind of, what kind of projects uh, Danny DeRusso has in mind. I do have a really cool Christmas. idea that I want to do. Um, I was talking to Gabe about it recently. I won't give, it's like nothing, like it's so different than anything I've done before. Like, can't, like what the topic would be. So I really want to like try to start it this summer and work on it a lot. And yeah. I don't want to like tell anyone what it's about <laughs> yet. I mean, I'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know um, from what I've seen on like your Instagram and Twitter that you've like publicly talked about is that you've mm-hmm. been photographing um, basically like junk on the side of the road kind of thing um oh yeah that uh, that was a fun little project yeah and it's like that that itself could be uh could be a zine because you've got i'm looking at your website right now and you've got a good 25 photos here i'm just guessing i don't know how to count i'm a photographer <laughs> not a mathematician but the like i love your approach to it because i i've toyed around with this like a similar kind of idea as well hmm. and I shot one photo. I like that photo, but I haven't shot any since. Shows my dedication. Uh, but I love I love your combination of like deadpan photos of the stuff kind of meticulously piled up mm-hmm. with the house in the background, like it's the Hotelier album. Uh, we're going with all <laughs> kinds of emo references in today's episode. I love uh, but you got all these other uh, at an angle kind of views and close-ups. I love the close-up of what I believe is a Nissan or something. Uh, um, yeah, that that car, dude. That guy has like four of the same cars in his driveway. I don't know why, but yeah. um, that was like that was uh, like a month ago now because our town has like a trash pickup yeah. week or whatever, so everyone puts their Pick stuff up a out. Whole car. And sometimes I feel weird, like walking around neighborhoods shooting. If people are like, "What are you doing? Why are you taking yeah. the house?" That's only yeah. happened to me twice in the same day, and never oh, really? again happened. It's never happened before or after that. It's just that one day. Just that twice. one day. Yeah, yeah. That I was the bad luck about that because I'm always going to be like, "Well, this is what I'm doing." And if they're not happy with it, it's like, "What do I do then?" So yeah. that I like woke up at like six in the morning and went and shot like before a lot of people were out and about. And it was also I want like morning golden hour light and yeah. so I feel like they came out really well and there's it's such a simple idea I guess but it's really interesting to see like what people are parting ways with like yeah. they, these items that once probably held a lot of importance in their life or had some source of purpose in their home and now they're just throwing it out on the sidewalk and 
just go into a landfill or people, yeah, people come and pick stuff up all the time like just because it's you know you can take whatever like nobody yeah. cares um i got a computer chair from, that's, that's from right that, that week my mom texts me she's like i'm walking back from down the street with this chair that you can put in your room and it's like a pretty nice computer chair that i've now been using for the last couple of weeks so nice. there was um when i moved into my uh senior year apartment for college um my best friend was cleaning out her apartment that she had already been living in for the past mm-hmm. three years but her upstairs neighbor uh, her, uh the leasing company uh got them new beds but the old beds were still in good shape mm-hmm. So her, uh, she texted me saying, "Hey, they uh, the leasing people just put a like a perfectly good mattress on the side of the road like five minutes ago. Do you want it? You need a bed. Come get the bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the time I was like, I don't have anywhere to sleep. I don't have something yeah. to sleep on. Um, so I basically I just got it. The box and the the mattress itself, and it was the classic college situation where I just had it." on the floor no like elevation oh, just yep. on the floor on the floor <laughs> it's a good thing i was single during that whole time <laughs> no, i've been there uh, there was there was no worry about the way that that looks to other people because i didn't care yeah hey man bed on the floor could be much worse it's true but uh with uh with these junk on the road on the on the side or yeah on the on the curb kind of thing the probably the one that i like the most with also with uh the broken nissan trunk is the one at least on my view right here it's right next to it it's um like there's these big panels in the foreground and these chairs kind of at an angle it's like this red backrest on oh, it and a bunch of like planks of wood it's like and then you just get the littlest just the smallest amount of detail of this like classic mid uh middle class house with a with a compact car in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just when Is it comes this to this one? That, I don't know yes, if you can see. <laughs> yes, that one. I'll be putting it on the on the screen too for Sick. people on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but I love this photo for like the composition and like my eyes go exactly where they need to, at least in, in my perception, which is mm-hmm. those chairs. Those chairs the, are the focal point. Like that that because there's like a couple of colors. There's like a red one, a blue one. So yeah. There's some like yellow in there. It's not nice to have that like copper color like right in the center. And, yeah. And then you kind of follow all the little panels and stuff. And everything has that. its own little home. And it's like that. I don't even like really think about a lot of that stuff when I'm doing it. It just kind of yeah. Like that's just how I see it, and that's how I'm going to shoot it. It's not like I mean sometimes I'll think about it and be like, what about this and this? But a lot of it's just like this is how I see it and I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I've seen more and more from uh, doing these podcasts, but also just conversations with photographers in general is that uh, the photos that seem to be the the photographer's favorites and often are publicly the most popular photos on Instagram, Twitter, Mm -hmm. whatever are the ones that were just kind of random off the cuff, not a whole lot of thought went into it. And everything else is just completely chance. Like this perfect composition wasn't necessarily planned like it would be on a large format camera and i I love that that happened because that that's happened for me that's happened for you that's happened for pretty pretty much everyone that we know everyone it it, kind of goes to show more and more that uh like planning your photos is important especially if you're using large format and every single photo costs Mm -hmm. at least thirty dollars um you want to make it count (laughs) yeah uh 
it, it it's really nice to see that that's being like seen more and more and like vernacular photography it never really like went away but um like Stephen Shore one of my favorite photographers did a series called American Surfaces and if you were to just look at the gallery of it which is like 90 photos or something um it's it's just a bunch of normal crap Mm -hmm. and they were shot on a little contacts point and shoot or something like that something old and it's all like Every day, like he, uh, Stephen Shore referred to them as like, kind of like how a tourist would see. Um, it's like, this like is just capturing this particular moment. And he, he calls like his work in general as like heightened awareness because he's done eight by 10 large format and he's done point and shoot for like his proper projects. That's really cool. I feel like I, I definitely, I've been shooting like that more often because normally I have like this big, rig you know like sony with battery grip with like a 20 millimeter like a 24 cent they're like big and now like a lot of the shooting i've been doing lately it's just the sony with like a 50 on it or something super small and i do feel like i've been treating it a lot like a point and shoot like i can walk around just kind of snap away and not have to worry about as much and it's nice having that lightweight and you know you have the ability to just kind of shoot away yeah digital is great for that (laughs) Yeah, it's a big reason why I've got this little boy here for the YouTube oh, viewers. It's my XT3. This is oh. this is my main guy right now. I is like the XT3. This setup that I have right now is essentially the X100V that we've both been that lusting over. That I want over. so bad. <laughs> uh, I want to get one of those so bad because I, I want to get into rangefinders. Um, I want to mm-hmm. upgrade my 35 millimeter film camera to a 35 millimeter rangefinder. I would love a Leica. It's probably not gonna. Yeah, happen. that's a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm looking at the Minolta CLE, uh, which is this beautiful rangefinder that has a Leica M mount for those that aren't That's aware cool. of what a Minolta CLE is. They're like $800 to $1,000. A little expensive. <laughs> it's more affordable than a Leica, but then yeah, again, there's true. Leica lenses that you got to buy for Yeah. It. I wonder how much those are. I haven't really looked into those because yeah. it just hurts my heart. They cost about <laughs> as much as the camera body. Oh, I got to love that. It's great. Now, um, with uh, the more vernacular kind of photography, like in, in recent days, since you're in New York where things are a little bit more strict than they are in Illinois, um, at least mm-hmm. outside of Chicago, um, I don't know if it's the same kind of situation for New York, it's if things are more strict outside of the city. Um, but seeing the, the photos that you posted a couple months ago, like when things just started being locked down, mm-hmm. um, of the playgrounds and parks and public spaces with all the caution tape over it, um, that was that all just in like one like one walk and you just kind of had your that was one park I like so I was like I just want to go out and like shoot something today and I wanted to go somewhere where like I hadn't been before because there's a lot of parks and stuff like that around here that I've been to and so that was in Troy New York and I had no idea it was gonna be like that like yeah did not know I showed up and I was like holy shit like this is like you can't even go on the playground or anything. And obviously I'm up north, like three hours north of the city. So things aren't as intense up here or strict. I mean, there's still like a lot of strict rules and stuff. Um, but it was just like seeing that really put it in perspective that you can't even go like to playgrounds and stuff. And I felt like that was a cool series and important one to capture and yeah. get a lot of and show what's going on. And cause a lot of people don't realize it and, being able to visualize it and see it 
in front of you it's it, i feel like it's important to show the world and yeah i think um i i even messaged you to, to i messaged you about this like the day you posted it is the mm -hmm. the photo of the um of the horse uh that's my favorite they, one they call it yeah um just so much about the composition and um the lighting and everything about this photo i think is probably my favorite non-music photo that you've shot oh, thank you. um i especially love that the the caution tape is over what would right be over the eyes. eyes and it that there's like a lot of like levels like symbolism with the the virus and everything going on it's it's so it does so many things so well and i think that's probably like the the best possible image to represent what's going on in this. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was interesting because I shot that little that piece of equipment, and then I like walked around some more, and I came back to it because I like kind of looked at some stuff, and I was like, I I think I could do it a little better, and so I'm glad I went back. And that's not something I do like a whole lot, but that was a time I'm really happy I did that because that's like by far my favorite image of that little series and. I feel like it does work really well for what it's intended for. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, like, uh, the playgrounds and parks around me, uh, many, many, many miles away, uh, are doing the exact same thing. And it's, it's almost comical to see uh, just this attempt at telling people yeah. to not go on it is just wrap it in caution tape. And like half uh, it's just like hanging off and blown in the wind and it's like yeah. not really on there, but it's like it's there. <laughs> there's there's one photo that I shot um like literally like days before you posted the one of the horse uh is of I forget what they call it. It's like this it's the big circle that spins and has all the handles and you like you get whiplash from it. Um, uh we called it oh, what did we call it back in the day? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's a big spinny thing. A spinny thing. <laughs> yeah um a uh, torture wheel or something like that uh you, you duct tape a kid down in the middle and then his kids fling him. friends <laughs> fling them around uh this got very vulgar very fast um but i got a photo of one of those things and the extent of caution tape on it was just this little little bit of wrap and then just kind of hanging off like maybe two yeah. feet worth of caution tape on one small portion of it um, and I think it's still like that. I'm not sure how I feel about the composition of it. I might go back. It's like a 20 minute drive away from me, but big deal. Redo. It's, it's, it's something it's, that I would like to redo. It's it's funny how like they try, but like they don't really like. You can go on it if you want. Realistically, yeah. like these. You, you little, might pull some tape, and tape. you might get a little bit of a blister from it or yeah. something. But it's not like it's gonna really stop anyone. But the attempt is there. Yeah. And, uh, one thing that I've just noticed with uh, since you and I work in similar kind of like uh, visual approaches to a lot mm -hmm. of different subjects um, of like vernacular contemporary landscape kind of stuff and it's it's really interesting to me that a lot of photographers that also work in the same style kind of already shot photos like they're shooting right now um, with this lack of people like a lot of photographers like us typically don't want many people in our photos because mm -hmm. we focus more on the composition, the subject, yeah. whatever it is. It's not like street photography where the focus is the people. Uh, but looking through a lot of your photos, like you could trick someone just into thinking, yeah, these were shot during uh, April through the summer of 2020. Yeah, just kind of like emptiness yeah. vibes. 
there was a mini series. I, it's not really anything special to me, but it's a bunch of cool photos of a bunch of foggy stuff in Decatur. Um, and I posted them, I posted one of them on Twitter and it got like 300 likes. I'm like, all right, it's fine. Uh, it, it was a, it was a photo of a gas station and fog, so it's like, of oh, course, it's gonna get noticed. I love that. <laughs> yeah, That's it's, like, it's like, I, I love that shit so much, and I just, uh, it was one of those things where, looking back at those photos now, those photos hold a very different meaning to me now than they did in January when I shot them, mm-hmm. and I didn't post them when I shot them. So if yeah. anything, it's more reason to kind of sit on your photos a little bit longer. Post it when it's appropriate. Yeah, and the meaning behind a lot of photos can change throughout time, which I, I think is really cool. I have a gas station photo kind of like that. Not, it wasn't foggy, but it is. It's literally just like the gas station in like total blackness. Yeah, I think I'm looking and at it right like, here. It's really old. That's from like 2016, maybe when I was just kind of shoot. And I actually have that a print of that. That's like three by four and a half feet or something three by five it's like massive and i've never since because i had it for a show at school but and like seeing it blown up like really i feel like it puts a big like more in perspective i guess like yeah yeah literally figuratively yeah it's crazy seeing you work like that big and like having especially now like if i were to look at that like in a gallery i would think it was from now like this empty gas station no one's at it so it's crazy like see how meaning behind stuff changes over time how uh how much of your work in general regardless of concert or not um have you uh printed off and like actually had physically in your hands um not a ton i was doing prints for a couple months last year i was putting like five prints a month and i was only doing like five like available of each um i feel like i was printing more and college um yeah i had a show like my own solo show i had 10 prints for um i had two of those like three and a half by five foot prints and then like some uh i don't know how big they were like 11 by 18 or 11 by 17 i think yeah um, and then i have a bunch of like film prints from school i print in the dark room and now i don't really I mean, here and there, I've been doing those cyanotype prints a lot lately. Yeah, yeah, that's another um, thing I want to bring up, too. Um, so those have been really cool to do, like, printing it in this different way. But printing, in general, not a ton, really. It is something I want to do more. Like, but I feel like a lot of it, I haven't had a reason to, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I do love having physical prints. Like, it's one of my favorite things. But I feel like if I want to do it, I want to either for, like, a show or for like a book or something like printing out a book so yeah. not as much as i would like but <laughs> i have done a little bit of printing stuff and it's fun it's cool to see your yeah. work like and hold it in your hands a lot i love that one of the best decisions that i made was getting a, a good semi-professional photo printer yeah it, that's- it wasn't inexpensive but it was a good decision yeah. yeah i just print through i have this lab that I have my film developed at, and they also do printing and stuff. So normally I just go through them or when I was at school, there's a printing place downtown. So, but I've never had like my own good printer to be able to do it at. Yeah. One day. (laughs) (laughs) There, there's a, there's plenty that are uh, far more accessible than like the one that I decided to Mm -hmm. get. I knew that I wanted to make like 
decent size prints. Like the biggest I can go is a 13 by 19 for sheet I mean, size. That's a good size though. Yeah. So like, I could print off a 12 by 18, um, 35 millimeter shot and have it look really nice, good medium size print. Um, but I typically print off eight by tens or whatever yeah. fits within eight by 10. Um, but with uh, your cyanotypes that you've been posting a bunch lately, um, I've been wanting to try that myself. I have a book of experimental methods in photography. Dude, you got to do it. How, how do you do it? Because like, I've seen cyanotypes that are like, you, you put the, the material or the, you put the, the juices on, <laughs> on the substrate on the paper. And then you put mm -hmm. it in essentially like a pinhole camera and then you make a photo like that. That's how I've typically you, seen it. But you yours could are do like that. prints. I, I didn't even think to do that, but I would like to do that now. Um, so how I've been doing it, I actually filmed a, a YouTube video about it the other day that I want to try to get it out soon. I don't know how happy I am with it because I've never really been in front of the camera and good in front like, by myself. Awkward. Yeah, I'm like, hey, welcome. <laughs> um, but... It's really easy. I like ordered the chemicals and all you got to do is mix equal parts. There's like solution A and solution B and you just mix equal parts. So I just use like a little teaspoon measure and dump it in. Yeah. Um, and then I bought some transparency paper um, and you just put it in the printer and I go, I take the photos, put them into Photoshop, make them black and white and you turn them into a negative, you invert it. So it's a negative. And then I literally just print it out on that transparency paper. And then you put it on top of the paper where it has the chemical mixed on it. The blue and then shit. I put a sh the blue, the blue shit. It doesn't start off blue. <laughs> it's like this green yellow. And then put the negative on top, put the glass on top. And I literally put it on my back patio. I'm sitting on now on the sun. Um, and you wait, it depends on the day. If it's like really sunny out, like the other day, it took like six minutes in the sun, but it can vary a lot with clouds and stuff and how much direct sunlight's hitting it. So yeah. like some of them were like 12, 14 minutes and then you just rinse them off and they're good to go. Like it's pretty easy. Like, and it's yeah. pretty inexpensive. I do it on watercolor paper. Cause it like hold, it's meant to hold wet, you know, yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's not expensive at all. It's really, and it's so cool to see. Like yeah. it's a cool, cool way to print your stuff. And, a different way i feel like you're also would be able to do those prints like if you have um depending on the size uh one of the like uv light cleaners they're like what you would use for like your mm -hmm. for doing your own nails uh yes because it's using yeah, the same light basically just put it in there mm -hmm. and then pull it out so if you don't that, have access to the sun for some reason and that's a lot more controlled like the sun i, I can have it out and then like the clouds roll in and i'm like well i have to leave yeah. it out longer now and then maybe i didn't leave it out i've had times where i was like i thought i left it out long enough but it wasn't and the clouds fucked it all up yeah. you know i'll usually do like a test strip before like cover each part for like five minutes and see what looks best but then you yeah you don't know what you're going to run into like using nature like literally yeah. <laughs> um so it would be nice to have like just like a lamp to be able to do it but i really want to do them i wish i had like a giant printer i was looking at some artist residencies lately oh yeah there's this one and they have like massive printers. And I was like, imagine making one of those like four feet big. Like I was like, I want to do that, but I don't know how I'd go about it. There was um, one of my former colleagues at my university. Um, I forget who it was specifically. Um, they were a year older than me. Um, she did a series in one of her, I think it was her second to last semester uh, where she did 
prints of the regular photo on regular semi-gloss photo paper, mm -hmm. and then another print of some something outlined within the photo, and there's like other specifics like on it, on a transparency that would be layer over. And the idea oh, is to like cool. flip it up and over and it kind of like obscures certain things. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, but she had this, I think it was a 24 inch wide roll of transparency. Oh, paper. see, that's like what I would want to get. Yeah, so like they exist and they're not horribly expensive. I, um, I mean, yeah. roll paper is expensive as it is, but yeah. this isn't paper. Yeah, I bought, I bought a pack of 20 sheets for like 20 bucks. It, yeah. I've already gone through probably like 12 of them. Yeah. Just firing I, them off. But I it's, so, it's like so paper. easy. <laughs> it's great. Like, I definitely want to keep doing it. And once I get like a good amount, I think I'm going to put them online. All was like one of one prints. And I want to include like the transparency negative with it. So you have like kind of both sets of how it's done. Yeah, I think that would be really cool to see because I know, um, like I, what, from what I've observed, there's a, a, a lot of really positive response to them because mm -hmm. of course they look dope as hell, first of all. And like seeing concert <laughs> photos, seeing concert photos it's put crazy. on cyanotype, it's just like, I would have never considered that before. It was really cool. And then that, that one, if you saw that one Boston Manor one, like the Yeah, yeah, I think that was the first one I saw. There was that promo photo and I put text on it. Um, I put like Boston Manor across the top, which I just put in Photoshop and, yeah, and just printed it out, it out on the, and I was like, that actually looks kind of sick. Like maybe have some text in there or something. And maybe a pretty cool idea for a potential cover art later. Do, do more of, but I'm starting to get the hang of it a lot now. Yeah. I, only, uh, I did it once in college and that was it. Like yeah. one print and that was literally it. I never got a chance to take the experimental processes class. Like one of my professors, um, he he did a class in tintypes for like uh, specifically tintypes the whole time. That's which it. for those that don't know what tintypes are, um, they're they're photos on metal plates, but it's not made of tin despite the name. It's more of like an <laughs> aluminum alloy kind of thing. Sciencey shit, you know. It doesn't really matter. Um, but you put this uh, this juice on it, light sensitive juice, and basically take a picture like you would. And you develop it like. Uh, like you would film, but you're holding on to this metal plate instead of putting a film in a reel. It's a really cool process that I've never gotten to do before. But my portraits professor did, one of my professors in college did like a, he just like showed us how to do it and took portraits of each of us like on it. So I have it somewhere. Like it's just like a photo of me on Tintype though. I couldn't tell you how to do it like really <laughs> now and I've never done it, but like seeing it done was really cool. And yeah, I have to find that. I'll just send it to you if I can find it. It's somewhere in my room. One one of my dreams is to have uh, have and do tin type portraits uh, like of myself and of others, but also eight by ten. But that's just in general. Oh, uh, that would be crazy! Just, yeah, mine's like maybe this big. It's just like a little portrait of me. Yeah, like a like almost like not quite a daguerreotype, which is similar but different specifics. There's so much stuff. <laughs> like, cool, I don't remember if. I know daguerreotypes are both positive and negative depending on the angle that you're looking at it. Um, and I know tintypes are obviously positive, but I don't remember if they are also negative if you look at it at the right angle. I it's weird. Tell you. I don't think so. Science, you should. Not, I don't know. Yeah, science goes into photography. <laughs> yeah. It's one of, those, one of those things like, I know a lot about the technical stuff of photography, but when you start getting into like, the experimental methods and all that. I'm just like, all of it just 
way over my. Oh, no, couldn't tell you. I have no idea how to, how to do any of it, but I know of it. <laughs> it's there. Right. Oh, what was it? Um. So I'm on your um your uh the color palette series now, uh, which mm -hmm. I think is your the only dedicated like proper series you have labeled on your on your yeah. website. So where did this all come from? Is it like a bunch of just photos from the road? Um, or is there, is there some, something that kind of went into the making of this that I'm not really thinking of right now? Um, I mean, a lot of them are just photos on the road that I really like and feel like the palettes work well with it. Um, but there's no, like, I never like go out and with the intention of having them turn into part of the color palette series um and i wasn't even like everyone's always like posting what if anyone else does like a palette thing they're like oh danny DeRusso did it first but like i'm not the first person <laughs> to do it <laughs> people i like to have seen people do it for way before i did and i was like i want to try that and yeah. i feel like it went really well with how i because there's so many different ways you can do it and like the placement of the palettes and you know, yeah. the shape of them and, and you can change it up a lot I really like how I do it. I mean, that's why I do it, but. Yeah, they, they kind of remind me, um, like since I think it's also like the, the music photographer in you, they remind me of, um, I forget which artist specifically. I don't think, uh, a little bit of Japanese house, um, but that's I don't one of my think, favorite bands. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't put them, like put color palettes in it, but um, you know, she has the same kind of like, mm -hmm vernacular kind of photography in yeah. almost all of her artwork but um it's it's really cool to see that because it's like as a, as a fellow fan of japanese house and all the other artists that use the same kind of styling mm -hmm. um it's it's really cool to see this is i think this is the only time i've seen this kind of placement of the color palette because usually i see it and there's a white on border the side, with the color yeah. palette on the bottom or the side um, or like it's directly up against the photo and it's like equal parts or something like that. My buddy, Joey Miller, uh, has done similar these on occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, and he is like more of like focusing on, but they were basically like color studies. And I think he just put one or two color squares underneath the photo to show like what his, what, what he saw in the photo was like mm -hmm. this particular like, red. That or color drew, drew man. Yeah. Uh, no, I just like putting them in the middle just like made sense to me and like you get because then it's like literally a part of the photo like, yeah it's a part of what you're seeing like off to the side I feel like it can kind of make it feel like a different makes it feel it. Like it's, a little it's bit like a separate entity weird. from the photo almost but like putting them directly in the middle I was like it's on the photo like you're gonna see the colors and you're gonna see like these color sections taken out and I don't know. That's all. It always just made sense to do it like that to me. Just yeah. Smack dab, and I feel like it works really well. Like the one of the dude with the bike. Um, yes. Yeah. Because it covers his face, and I think that is really cool. Because it's like you got this mystery man. Like, I don't yeah. Know how else <laughs> but like, I don't know. It, to me, that was really interesting. Like, you can't see the face of the person, but you get that the whole image overall. Like, you still get everything from it. Yeah, the uh, one thing that I, I really enjoy about like how you chose to put the color palette squares in the middle, making it part of the photo itself, but it also, it kind of makes the photo be more than just like, this is a photo of what's in front of the camera, but it also mm. kind of changes it very 
slightly to looking at it just as form and color. And that's a mm -hmm. very much a William Eggleston kind of viewpoint. Um, and William oh, yeah. Eggleston, <laughs> yeah, his whole thing was, um, you know, black and white photographers strictly look at form. They don't look at anything mm -hmm. else. Color mm -hmm. photographers oh. predominantly look at just color. And this was in the 70s. Um, and William Eggleston, as well as all the cronies like Stephen Shore and um, Maya Ritz and all of them, their whole you know, vendetta was to see color and form simultaneously, which is hard to do. <laughs> like mm -hmm. on any, anyone that's listening to this, try, try to see color and form simultaneously. It is very challenging. <laughs> um, but this is a All really cool way to kind of, kind of, not really like force the viewer, but it, um, I guess the more artistic way to put it is to, Gently let the viewer know that it's more than just what's in front hint. of the camera. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I definitely pay attention to color a lot. It's also like the composition and everything is important. Like, I'm looking at this house right now, like my neighbor's house, and it's like, this, I see all these nice shadows and the color of the, but also like the composition of like, there's this plant and the window and the chimney. And yeah. Like, I like the colors a lot, and that's important to me. Yeah. It, 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 emphasizes um it emphasizes like the formal aspects but even starts to introduce these more subjective aspects mm -hmm. especially like with the one of the guy walking his bike um you know, it, it removes identity anything aside from relatively clear and obvious demographic information that we can observe yeah. in the photo old um, man <laughs> yeah old man old white dude wearing uh, there's polo actually a crazy story about that um uh, my friend Joe, he manages bearings. After yeah. I had posted that, he hit me up. He's like, dude, I met that guy when I was out in California. And he like told me the story. That dude bikes there like every day. And I guess his wife died like a couple years ago and stuff. And I guess he's like this crazy nice dude and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, like, you know that guy? And I have that guy on my arm. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. Forever. <laughs> and it's just like, and I didn't know that until I think after I got this and it, it like blows my mind because it was just like one of my favorite photos I've ever done, like palettes or not. And like that day, I got this because like that day was one of my favorite days that we've ever had on tour. Yeah. We were like on Venice Beach, just off day. And then like to hear that whole backstory behind that photo was really crazy. Like there's so much that like behind that photo, like they, before, like you see it and then there's like this crazy story behind it. Yeah. Really I love, I love those photos and projects and just anything like that, that have their, their subject, like strong subjective kind of meanings and all that. Um, like I'll interpret this photo completely different from how mm. you will. Um, but those, uh, the personal meanings behind it as well. Like if you have a photo that not only has a strong personal meaning to you, whether you come to that personal meaning later or right then and there. And it also is able to capture the, the viewers and just let them stick around longer, which is a big challenge of photographers is making photos that keep viewers mm -hmm. there, um, avoiding the Instagram effect of just scrolling away. This is a photo that if I were to see this, like obviously like this is the first, this is the one I've been fixated on this whole time. That's like one of my favorite I've ever done and probably will be a favorite forever. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It was really cool. Yeah. 
Now, I think we're coming pretty, pretty close to a close here. Let me check the time before I get too far ahead of myself. I got a call from a spam number during this. I had to silent it. <gasps> spam. Yeah, we're getting pretty, pretty damn close to a closing time here. I think that um, I don't time. think I have any specific questions, but I think if you got any anything that you would want to say to anyone listening, whether it's like to an older photographer or a younger photographer, any any bits of advice or anything that comes to mind that you think would be worth sharing. Um, well, first, I just want to say whoever's listening, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I'm sure you do as well. Um, I don't know, man. Like. People have asked me for advice. I'm always like, just like go out and you got to do it. Like, that's like the best piece of advice I ever received was like, go out and shoot. You have to shoot, like shoot as often as you can because that's really the only way you're going to get better. And obviously like research and stuff and watch videos and whatnot and look into more photographers, but like to find your own way, it's like go out and shoot and do it and do it yourself. And you don't need, crazy gear to do stuff like I used to shoot on you know little shitty cameras and stuff and you you find your way as you, you still do, do because it's a Sony <laughs> hey <laughs> 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 um, but yeah I mean that's like the best thing I can offer is like go out and do it and try things and see what works for you because that's how you're gonna find out the things you enjoy and what you enjoy photographing and there's no right or wrong way to really do any of this. It's just do it how you see see it and see what you what's fit for you. And I don't know. Like in college, I used to go out and just shoot. I used to shoot all these crazy like nighttime long exposure stuff, and I'd like be in front of the camera, like self portrait, like move around and stuff. And like that was stuff I never knew how to do until I did it, and it was something I really enjoyed. And so like that's a good example. Like go out and do it and see what you enjoy. And I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but, but yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> that's much my best piece of advice. Just go fucking do it. Like don't don't sit around. Like sitting around if you want to do this isn't gonna help. Like I'm gonna later. I'm literally going out and I'm gonna go take some nighttime shots down in Albany and, because I want to. Because I want to do something. <laughs> with, yeah, with with photography, that's one piece of advice that does apply is literally the advice just just do it nike just yeah <laughs> photography this is, this is not just sponsored by nike i don't <laughs> want to be sponsored by nike <laughs> i'm more of an adidas but, guy. all right i have both shoes so i can i can go yeah. either way <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think i think that probably that pretty well wraps it up for for today's episode oh yeah uh, Fantastic conversation. Uh, yeah, this was can, a lot of fun. Where can people find your work in general? Um, my website, dannydrusophotography.com. Instagram at dannyd underscore underscore. Two underscores. Uh, and Twitter at Danny DeRusso. And I have a Facebook page, but I haven't touched it in probably three years. <laughs> like a photography Facebook page. Yeah. Um, but that's all my real places. Yeah. And you can catch Danny at the next Young Culture show once quarantine is lifted. <laughs> once it happens. <laughs> Soon. I've been dying to thrash. Oh <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for uh for coming along and joining on this episode. It's been awesome. So Thanks for having me, man. Whatever the next episode uh is gonna be done, um 
got a, a short lineup of people that are going to be coming up sometime soon. I can't say certainly who's going to be next yet, but there's going to be some more episodes now that I know how to do remote remote recording. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. You can find my work if you're interested at at Jeff Smoody. The spelling is on the screen. It's the same for everything. Uh, so find my work there, um, jeffsmoody.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys will join in for the next one. See you later.